I used to DJ and you had to always ask, always ask when someone said, oh, could you play Happy Birthday? If they wanted the regular Happy Birthday, Stevie Wonder's Happy Birthday, or there was a third one that you had to check. I can't remember what it is now. Because I found out after a very angry man came over to me and went, I asked you to play Happy Birthday. What the fuck's this shite? And I was like, this is Happy Birthday by Stevie Wonder. (laughs) And he went, no, I just wanted happy birthday to you. <laughs> and I got a complaint. It was my only complaint as a DJ that I ever received, that I didn't play the correct happy birthday. I mean, that's quite a, an accolade. <laughs> I, was a, I was a damn good DJ. I used to turn up and say, hey, guys, I'm your DJ for the night. This is the final time you're going to hear me speak. If you have any requests, come and ask me. Other than that, enjoy your night. Music on, and I just played songs all night. That's the kind of DJ you want. That's the kind of DJ you don't want. You want. DJ that, hey, everybody, look at Grandma on the dance floor. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Fuck off. <laughs> Bell end. It's meandering movies. It's meandering movies. It's meandering movies. So won't you lend an ear? Now we, we know when the... Th- no, yeah. he plays the theme tune. Oh, but he'll still change it on Oh, us. that's great. It's great. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Meandering Movie Podcast, where uh, Gavin and I have not been able to get our rotors together for three weeks now. It's been a while since we've recorded. It's Thank God we had some in the bank. Scratchy red sofa and thought, I hate it so, you, so much. Everyone loves this sofa. I hate this sofa. It's scratchy. Ev- everyone loves this sofa. And it's not. It's not. The pillows are nice. I have I have many people who are like it's. I want to hang out yours just so I can chill on your couch, and I'm like, who? None of your business. As <laughs> <laughs> uh, a first you lie know of them. the episode, they go to a different school. <laughs> <laughs> My girlfriend who lives in Canada. <laughs> um, yeah, July movie roundup. We're the Miami Movie Podcast. We haven't been able to record, but we're back and. It's, I mean, when this goes for out, for the people will, listening, they've had no idea because it will be August. We just had, we just used up all of our saved our bank. Episodes. Yeah, <laughs> so much like my bank account, no, it's empty. <laughs> so <laughs> we need to start recording some more. <laughs> and we're going to start this off, even though this episode is presumably going to drop on August. Yes, the first. Yes, we're going to talk about all the films. That came out well, in most July. of the films that came out in July. Some of them I've seen, some of you, you've you seen. It's a bit of a mixed bag. With yeah. my birthday, other people's birthdays, me getting engaged, it's been pretty wild. Oh, you just got engaged! I got engaged! He locked down lady! <laughs> can, you get the, can you get that air horn sound? I feel like I need a few of them for that. I'll work that one out. You can just use me doing it. But it's not the same. There's some wedding bell noises. And it's me- going to be a fun episode for you. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, guess who's still single, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, buddy. That's the pun noise. That's the wrong noise to use in that moment. No pun was made. <laughs> Only my sadness was used. Sad pun. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about movies. and Shocker. As- oh, shocker, as always. But, yeah, we've got the list. So where do you want to start us? We are going to start with... Are we doing what? a structured episode or are we just going to natter? Are we're we doing we're going to move from film... To, we can 
you can do your score and I'll do my recommend or not recommend, as we always do. Okay. And we're going to start off with the film that was Audio Boy's most anticipated film of the year. <gasps> with, what's his name? Jack Ryan, Jim... I don't know any of the actors' names. John Lennon. No, not John Lennon. <laughs> the main guy, Jack... What was his... Jack Malik. Jack Malik. Was the name of the character. Oh. The actor's name was... Himesh Patel. There you go. There it was go. directed by Danny Boyle, written by Richard Curtis. It was the movie Yesterday. A wee plot synopsis. And it came out weeks ago. It came out two days before July. So, you know, we're just cramming it in. We're, <laughs> we're just, but it's a movie you have to talk about because it's so just... Like, when you... Yeah, plot synopsis is... Man's riding home on his bike after another failed gig. He's All, ready to pack it in. Yeah, he's like, I'm giving up. Music is dead, and everyone and everything in my life can suck a fucking fat one. I hate it. And then all the power in the world goes out for a couple of seconds. Nine seconds. In that time, he gets hit by a bus. What are you doing? I'm helping. Okay. He then wakes <laughs> up. <laughs> Co-hosting, man. Okay. Oh, we never did names. Anyway, uh, we're so rusty. He wakes up, uh, two teeth missing, and that's not the only thing missing. What else is missing, Gary? All of the memories of the Beatles across the world. Apparently in this new universe, the Beatles never existed. Is it a new universe? Did time rewrite itself? Do you want to find out any of these? You never do. It's one thing the film never fucking explains. Did yesterday do the multiverse before Spider-Man did it? <sighs> ne- ne- what? And I know it's not the main point. I know it wasn't meant to be the whole, this film is going to explore what a world would be like without the Beatles. Except that it that's what it was about. No, I, exactly. But it doesn't actually explore what happened yeah. to the Beatles. Oh, yeah, just, so it, for, for the final part of the synopsis, the he, then, the synopsis. he then goes on to just start He just doing steals Be- all the Beatles He songs. steals all the Beatles songs and people are like, oh my God, you're amazing. You're the greatest songwriter of all time. And then Ed Sheeran shows up. And, it's, and yeah, and he just does a bunch of Beatles songs. Ed Sheeran's there a lot. My God, he's there too much. Ed Sheeran is there a lot for a man who cannot act. Shouldn't be in the movie that much. He had one. He had one good moment actually. Um, when was it when he went, "Hey, dude, doody, oh, doody, doody." God, that joke was terrible. Uh, no, the one good moment he had was when uh, Jack Malik Patel's character um, plays something on the piano after them writing a song in ten minutes. Yeah, Ed Sheeran, and Ed Sheeran just goes, "Nah." I'm beat. I think it was the long and winding road. Long played. and winding road. That was it. And Ed Sheeran goes, "No, nah, I'm beat. That was perfect, and I'll never be able to surpass that in my life as a joke." And then walks off depressed. I went, "That was good. Liked that." <laughs> Does that? Did you like anything else about the film? Uh, okay, yeah. So, I, it's a Danny Boyle movie. No, I, no, that you're wrong. This is not a Danny Boyle movie. Uh, this is like someone right. else directed it and then just pretended to be Danny Boyle and just put because <laughs> nothing. At no point in this film do I think I was watching a Danny Boyle film. Did you not? No. I did. Not even the heroin scene. Oh, God, I wish there was a fucking... <laughs> or a dead baby scene or just something. I thought it was just feel good. Feel good. For context, uh, the dead baby scene was from Trainspot, and I don't just want to see dead children. Whatevs. It, it, I'm, I'm not going to go back and watch that at any point in the, in, in the near future. It has pulled the same trick that films we've spoken about recently, uh, Rocket Man, Bohemian Rhapsody, you're listening to songs that are universally loved, so yeah. it's hard to not get swept up in that to a degree. Do you, um, know, do you know what was the most mind-boggling moment of all of yesterday? What, what's the actor's name again? Himesh Patel. 
when Himesh Patel appeared on Jimmy Kimmel to sing a Beatles song, and I'm thinking, what? James Corden, actually. Don't care. It was one of those terrible <laughs> fucking late night show hosts, people. Like, what bizarre world are we living in? Where it's like, hey, let's get a guy from a movie to sing a Beatles song. It's just like, why would you just go listen to the Beatles? Why would you want to listen to Himesh Patel? They released a soundtrack of him doing the Beatles song. Have Who they? the fuck wants a soundtrack of him doing the Beatles songs when you can listen to the to Beatles? The actual Beatles. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a strange one. It's so bizarre. Yeah, that. And I think, to be honest, that's my biggest review of the entire movie. Um, bizarre, the film. But, yeah, the film. It it swings tonally from like, from from one thing to the next, and it doesn't ever know if it wants to be a feel good movie of the summer or a rom com or just a love film in some Do places. You know the interesting thing is, I don't. It didn't ever feel like a love film or like or something like that because I felt that the main character. Jake Ma- J- Jack Malik. Jack Malik. I can't remember anyone's name today. Was such an unlikable person for he's most of the movie. He's such a prick. He's such a mopey, whiny bastard. The entire movie. He's got like this this wonderful supporter friend who's in love with him and all this kind of stuff. And he's just like played by Lily James. Yep, played by. And Lily. also, Lily James is is rocketing up on my like fame like favorite celebrities currently. I, I, everything I see her in, I'm like. Just solid. Whatever else is happening around you, you you do a a good job. Whereas he was Shout just out to Lily James. he was just unpleasant, unlikable, and throughout most of yeah. the film. And and he's also he's he's they've they've ruined the character in the sense that by the time you reach the end of the film, and so here you go, guys. We do, we do spoilers in these ones. I can never remember. Aha! I guess I guess. Spoiler warning, there it was. I mean, for yesterday, it's written by Richard Curtis. If you've ever seen or heard of Richard Curtis's <laughs> writing, you know exactly how this film is going to yeah. end. And and we, I won't go crazy with it. He the, gets the girl in the end. Done. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he does get the girl in the end, but he, he what I was going to say is it's it's he, you don't feel like he deserves it. And no, at he no does point not, do you go, nope, yes, I'm happy for you, Jack Malik, because in this world you have lied and stolen and abused and made like power, millions, millions and millions of dollars and then moaned about that and then welched on your contract and then you're like oh i'm releasing all the songs for free oh there they all are and you think you're still gonna make millions and millions yeah. of pounds just doing the thing you love and then you get the girl and it all comes into the whole my bizarre just the word bizarre is the film so and that love story that love element at the end is the most well, the second most mind-boggling thing that happens. My theory, by the way, for what happened to the Beatles is Ringo Starr didn't get born. Okay. That's it. That's why the Beatles never formed. Was he an integral part in them forming? No, but I think I think it explains, you know, John Lennon still... Like, so maybe John Lennon and Paul McCartney got together and were like, oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah, and uh, near towards the end of this film, he This is the first John most Lennon. bizarre thing of the film. That is the... Visits John Lennon. The still alive John Lennon. Played by... Robert Carlyle. Robert Carlyle. And it's, yeah, it, I, I kind of want to just list bizarre things that happen in the film. Here's the thing. <laughs> also in this world, uh, Coca-Cola doesn't exist. Oasis. Uh, Oasis doesn't exist. The Oasis one is the one that I went, okay, that makes sense. The Coca-Cola one, I feel, doesn't make also, any cigarettes sense. Cigarettes don't exist. Cigarettes really just don't understand that. And neither does Harry Potter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, at the end. Fucking what? <laughs> Here's the thing when it comes to Is it just the yesterday. big, wait. Is it just the biggest things in the world? Are there like Coldplay on one... still exists? Huh? But Oasis doesn't. I know, but o- Oasis are 
bigger than Coldplay across the world, right? I mean, they're both mm-hmm. awful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like Coldplay. I mean, I want to live in a universe where Oasis doesn't exist or Coldplay doesn't exist. <laughs> um, I will sacrifice Coca-Cola, cigarettes, and the Beatles just so I don't have to suffer Oasis or Coldplay. Right. Here's my list. Of, I'm doing it. Here's my list of bizarre things that happen in film. He goes and meets the still alive John Lennon. They sit on a boat that has the word imagine written on it, and then they talk about life. Even though John Lennon's never met that man, and he treats him like a father figure. It's weird. Secondly, at the end of the movie, when... Lily James goes, look, you had your chance. I'm fucking by with this. You're a dick. He goes, nah, I'm sorry. I've released all the songs for free. I love you. And then she's like, I love you. Let's get together. And it shows you the boyfriend round the corner. Whose name is Gavin. Whose name is Gavin. <laughs> Gavin's but always getting fucking shafted. Who comes out and goes, hey, I love her and I will always love her, but I want her to be happy so you can be with her because I am a cuck. That's such a Gavin moment. <laughs> I was just like, not again, Gavin. And then there's that random woman that no, you've not seen the entire movie just standing there and he goes, yeah, you'll do. She was in one scene near the beginning. <laughs> she was a nobody. She was a nothing. Yeah, but third bizarre it's thing. so bad. It's the weird... FBI following him on the cusp of finding out that he's a fucking fraud, this giant Russian bloke and a woman from Liverpool, and then they start popping up at gigs and she holds up the yellow submarine. You're like, oh my God, who are these two? When are she they held aliens? Up, when she held up the yellow submarine, I audibly laughed out loud. Man, I, I was like, this is... Yeah, I didn't know what was going on. And you think, oh shit, he's done for now. And then they corner him, he's in a room and you think, you're fucked, Jack Malik. Thank God, because nobody likes you. And then they go, we're just happy that you're releasing the songs. We just wanted to talk to you. But you know why? Because it's a Richard Curtis script and everything just has to end happily. And It's like a Spielberg movie. It's all wrapped up in a neat little bow. Everyone's happy and everyone gets to go off into the sunset. It's like, oh, oh. Kate McKinnon was... In a different movie. Wasted as well. She was in a different movie yeah. from everyone else. Right? She, she was like... Like, oh, she was so such a cartoon villain. It's like Danny Ball's like, oh, here's the direction we're doing yesterday. The Beatles don't exist, so this is going to influence your character. And Kate McKinnon went, okay, I'm just going to play Kate McKinnon. And I <laughs> did that. I was like, it didn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Over, outside all of that, I walked out of that film with a smile and I went, that was all right. That was, that was an easy Sunday watch. Yeah, it's a film of like, if it shows up on a streaming service or on Sunday television... You can sit down. Channel can, 5 movie. Yep, you can watch it. It's yep. inoffensive. It's pleasant. It yep. leaves you with a wee warm feel in your heart. But it will also, for the entirety of its one hour and 50 minute runtime, baffle you. <laughs> Utterly baffle you. Baffling. I, was, so, I, was, yeah. like, I sat there and was like, like, is this based on the book? And Richard Curtis just really, maybe his kid loved the book or something. He's like, I'm going to make a movie of it. Because I'm like, why did Richard Curtis and Danny fucking Boyle come together to make this movie? Because it, yeah, that's it, supposed to be a Beatles pun. <clears throat> Come oh, together. No. Put the pun noise in. Oh, well. Okay. Oh, well. I won't. You won't. <laughs> but yeah, so there you go. I, much my, like Gavin in the movie yesterday, everyone just shits on him. My score, I'm going to give it a like a middling five. five. Out of ten? Five out of ten. No, you're not out of five. Are you mental? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You might be. Five out of ten. You're one cupcake in. I am one cupcake in. Uh, I haven't had my dins yet. I'm going to... I guess I'll recommend it. Oh, is that a Gavin recommend? Like, it's, it's like, don't... I mean, it's not in the cinema anymore, but if it shows up on a streaming service and you've got nothing to watch, it's pleasant enough. Yeah. It's Point fine. It's it, Netflix. It's not insultingly bad. It's not, like, it's kind of silly. You can kind of sit with your pals or someone and laugh about, at it and kind of have fun. Quick, uh, so, and, and aside, is it a jukebox musical or not? Because I've seen some 
a poster maybe that said the jukebox musical of the summer. And I thought, is that a jukebox musical? Because jukebox musical, as far as I was aware, were a, was a film that would use, or even a stage show, that would use the songs of a famous band, but tell a story that had nothing to do with the band. And oh, maybe I suppose it is in that regard. Yeah, I guess it would be a jukebox musical. I guess it is. But then I, I suppose more than anything, I mean, is it even a musical? But then, I don't know. I suppose in my mind, I wouldn't class yesterday as a musical. I think it's a... I mean, you think more uh, Across the Universe was a, a Beatles jukebox musical. I think Across the Universe 100% was a Beatles jukebox musical. Something more like that. I think even even Elton John's Rocket Man was a jukebox musical. I mean, we'll get to... It's more musical, actually, that one, than jukebox musical. We'll get to the movie Lion King in a wee bit, but before <laughs> seeing Lion King... I saw a trailer for the Rocket Man sing along show where you oh go boy. along and the trailer is just a bunch of really enthusiastic people in a cinema singing along to the movie. And I can't think of anything less <laughs> on this planet I would want to do than one one sit the Rocket Man again and two go to a sing along version of Rocket Man. In yesterday, uh, we did sit down to watch it and two older women came in who obviously went, Oh, and then they went in they sat down they talked loudly through all of the trailers which is fine it's my it annoys me but i don't say nothing at that point because it's trailers it's trailers and really if you want to talk through it whatever then the film started and they quietened right down to a whisper but one of those oh god that Beatles song's about to happen and then pulled out stinky pickle sandwiches and oh, all sorts no. of gross picnic and then just <laughs> the entire fucking movie who packs enough food for an entire film two women who might not make it to the end of the film and die so this is their <laughs> last meal <laughs> that's what it felt like oh it was infuriating i it once went i can't remember what the film i was about to watch but this, sorry just before you go into that i want to hear this story this is now in there with Brendan Fraser's The Mummy and well, that's the other thing we talk about all the time. <laughs> Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. I don't know. what was There's it? something else. And now the third thing is just how much we fucking hate Humanity. other humans in the cinema. I mean, in this situation, I wouldn't say I, I didn't hate anyone. I was just confused because I was, I was sitting there. There was a spare seat to my left and then there was a couple. Yeah. And then sitting right behind the couple was two guys. I'm going to say like students. And the trailers were happening. It was, in fact, it wasn't even the trailers yet. It was still the adverts for the seven car adverts that we must sit through before a fucking <laughs> movie. Jesus Christ. It's like, well, before Lion King, there was eight car adverts. I was like, these are kids. Kids ain't buying cars. So anyway, and these two guys are just chatting away, just at a normal chatting level yep. while adverts playing. And then the guy stands up, turns around, could you be quiet, please? We're trying to enjoy our time at the, in the cinema. And I'm just like... Oh, this is interesting. During the trailers, no, during the adverts. During the adverts, not even the trailers. Not even the tra- maybe the trailers. But he stood up again when the trailer started because they were like, "Fuck you!" Continued their conversation because <laughs> it's fucking an it's advert for Jack Daniels. Yeah. Like, who gives a fuck? And then the trailers begin and they continue the conversation. And he stands up again. And says, I'm not going to ask you again. Could you be quiet, please? Ooh. And the guys are just like, "What are you on?" It's the trailers. Like, yes, and we're trying to enjoy them. My wife and I. And then he sits back down and I was like. Oh, this is just. This is gonna be good. And then the movie starts, and I just that was it. Aww. I was just like, "Come on!" I wanted like something to happen. I wanted because this man was big. He was a big, big, you big man. For a and these were just down. like two kind of weedy students. Throw down, they weren't showdown. smoking weed. They were just like you know, like that. Saying that, that happened uh, in Annabelle Comes Home. Are we gonna talk about that today? 
I don't, I don't see it, but we can if you want. I mean, it's not much to say. I, well, let's just do that right now because I'll then tell this. I'll tell the story, and then we'll do it. Um, just five kids behind us, and I think that film is a fifteen, yeah. and they must have been exactly fifteen, <laughs> and they were just. They were talking at the beginning and then something scary would happen. They'd be like, <gasps> so I was like, sorry, lads, I do not need a commentary the entire movie. So could you just keep it down? And then they kept talking. And then Dave was like, guys, do you want to shut the fuck up? And then in their inherent wisdom, one of them was like, I'm just going to fucking crunch these crisps as loud as I possibly can to be a he's the coolest guy he's the coolest the one. And that sweet, the sweet, sweet, sweet moment where one of his mates went, Mate, can you shut the fuck up? I'm like, you're making loads of noise with those crisps. And I just sat there in front of them like this. Ha 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 ha, you fucking twat. Annabelle comes home, middling, not even that scary. I tried a few jump scares. I think I think I jumped once. And other than that, it's more after such a strong start with the conjuring, which I fucking love. I think the first conjuring film is a great horror. I like the way he says the conjuring. Conjuring. Because it sounds like you're about to say cunt, but then you go into the conjuring part. (laughs) (laughs) Conjuring. Uh, The conjuring. Yeah. That's how I said it. The conjuring. Great movie. Great great horror film. I love it. I think the first one is. James Wan directed it. Who then went on to. It's uh, And genuinely chilling. And then since then, they've just released shiter after shiter. Was number two any good? The conjuring two? Nah. Nah. I've never seen any of those movies. Have you not? What's the first one? Maybe what's the second one? Because I've seen those movies and just thought, like, I know exactly what those movies are. Don't care. And then, of course, they've spawned off into this, like, yeah. Annabelle Creations, Annabelle Comes Home. It's, there's so many now. There's, there's the one there's, about the nun. There's four, An- four, three Annabelle movies? Yeah. There's The Nun, The Curse of La Lonia. Yeah. This other one coming out next week, next week, next year, called The Slender Man. No, not Slender Man. The Crooked Man. That's it. Yeah, they just yeah, I, I just out. I look at those ones as, like, these are... The paranormal, paranormal activity of just now. Just, just go, like, dude, go watch the first one. Go watch the first one. If you enjoyed it as much as I did, watch the second one. It's not as good, but it's still got a, it's still got a good few moments and, and then, then just, ignore everything else. I think the first one's on Prime. The first one's great. first one's a good it's, horror. I mean, it's James Wan directing it, who's a yeah. solid horror director, and it's got Patrick Wilson and I can't remember the actress's name. But oh, I know. I know exactly. She's, she's in Thingy. Uh, and Godzilla, King of the Monsters. She's very good as well. She's good. She's not good in Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Oh, but. No, but nobody really was. That was <laughs> you can't polish a turd, Gav. Nope, um, but yeah, Annabelle comes home far from home creation, whatever the fucking hell this one was. <laughs> Big fart. Don't bother with it. Moving on. Uh, I'll just throw out a wee bit Ooh, of it. Sorry. Annabelle, the, the, the thing they clearly did with Annabelle comes home is they've just set up, oh, here's another seven things that we're going to spin off movies of. Hopefully so, we'll make movies out of these ones oh, too. They've put them all in one place, but there are about seven things that I mean, we're going to uh, be doing. The budget of those movies must be like pennies. I'm going to say no, the budget's pennies, but the box office return oh, yeah, is enough yeah, yeah. to be like, yeah, we can make another one. It's anyway. the Bloomhouse effect of just like make it for ten million, make fifty million, and then you can make another one. Then do two more. So right. Paranormal activity did it. You do your thing. I'll just say uh, throw out the dead don't die. Uh, How was it? Because I was excited for that. I was excited. I thought it looked good. The tra- and then the trailer. I think I saw the first trailer once, and I was excited due to the. Casting. The casting, yeah. yeah, and like, oh, zombie film, sweet. And then I see in the trailer again and went, ah, maybe this isn't as good as I first thought. And then I didn't get to see it because Silverburn Cineworld inexplicably decided to show it in Glasgow Renfrew Street. Yeah, buddy. Alone, didn't bother putting it anywhere else. Uh, 
so audio board I sort with friends Dean and Dan. Wait. Uh, 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 friends of the show. Friends of the show. <laughs> uh, Jim Jarmusch is an oddball director with a particular style, pace, and attitude to how his films work. Okay. And I love. What else has he done? So uh, Patterson, uh, Broken Flowers. Any of those? Nope. No. Uh, he is, for me, a wonderful director mm-hmm. who just understands the joy of human interaction and yeah. humanity. And I feel that Dead Don't Die is a further example of that. Okay. But in the context of a zombie film. And it's a zombie film because I think everyone at this point is like, fucking zombies. Really? Can't be doing it. And even no, when- we've hit a low point with it. There was a, there was a, we, we hit the fever pitch. I mean, I think. I think at this point, zombie—not to make an easy joke of this—but at this point, zombie de- movies are dead. Yeah, it's been like they're, I think they're going to go the way of the western, where it's like you get one or two a year, and there's a standout every so often. But yeah. for the most part, it's just like because I mean, look at the fucking Walking Dead. They're what season eleven oh at this point? Well, that's what I'm saying. No yeah, one cares. We, we hit the fever pitch. I think yeah. Fu- fundamentally, when Walking Dead season one came out, was when we were like. <gasps> Zombie everything, and yeah, you're right. It's and much like a zombie, it just tailing off, kept crawling on for way too long, and then now it's finally fucking dead. But yeah, it's funny when zombie things go on for too long, like the source material, the the Walking Dead, the zombies. Ah, you just made the metaphor. I was I I was I I was riffing off of it. Now you made me look like a dick. An improv, yes, not no. But yeah, for me, Dead Don't Die is just a great Jim Jarmusch kind of cool. attempt at a zombie movie. It's ref- breaks the fourth wall beautifully. Mm-hmm. It's self-referential. It doesn't take itself seriously. Adam Driver and uh, Bill Murray. Why have I forgotten his second? I cannot do names today. And Bill Murray are just the most charming couple of officers to watch be together in a, a car. Yeah. Great cast, like Steve Buscemi and... Uh, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Uh, Chloe Sevigny. Chloe Sevigny. Uh, <laughs> Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. The first one you said, Audio Boy, was so old man-like. Chloe <laughs> <laughs> Sevigny. I think I've got a tickly cough. Tom Waits. Et cetera, et cetera. Where? Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. Tom Where, Waits she has, Selena Gomez has such a great little arc in that movie and it went to a way where I was just like holy fuck because like, that movie goes to a place where you're like mm-hmm. what the actual fuck yeah. and it's it's hilarious it's bloody and it's just kind of joyous and I just smiled the entire way through the film because it just had fun and it just was, and it was so Jim Jarmusch and yeah. it's kind of fun way and if anyone out there has never watched any Jim Jarmusch films i.e. Gary over there I would highly recommend checking out Jim Jarmusch because he's got because so, his last film Parson is so so different from this and then his film before that Broken Flowers is, Parson is great yeah Parson is Adam Driver this one not so much I mean it's not to Parson level but it's like what I love about Jim Jarmusch is he can go from Parson to this or a, a Broken Flowers to Parson and they're so different from the last one because you didn't enjoy it did you Audio Boy not really. Go. It, it was just like it was too weird. Like I like a weird film. <laughs> as, um, as do I. Like my favorite film of all time is uh, the Lobster. The Lobster. And that's a weird film. Um, but it's just like that bit in the just, Lobster. You didn't understand what was going on. Punch a dog to death is 
brutal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just glad that he didn't commit to the showing her stabbing her eyes out. Oh, I kind of wanted that. Did I kind of wanted. I love the lobster. I'm with you. Oh, lobster yeah, is lobster's a fucking great movie. So good. But yeah, it's it's just when that that scene where she punched the dog to death because what is it? He says he says he's a psychopath, doesn't he? I haven't watched it in ages. And she's like, oh well. Cool. In order to couple up, he has to pretend to be a psychopath. So she kills the dog to out him. Yeah. <laughs> Show him emotion, and then he, he does get he gets, gets turned. Does he doesn't get turned at the end? Does he? No, I can't remember. Man, I need to it, rewatch it. Leaves, that it ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah, leaves you to figure it out for yourself. Because he yeah he blinds himself. Which is what blinds her. Uh, Someone gets she, blinded. He's blind, and she, she gets blinded by. Um, she gets tricked. They think she's going to go for laser eye surgery, and then she gets blinded. Fuck. So he blinds himself and to he, be with her. Wait, possibly, or maybe he did, or maybe he didn't. But then you see it because that's it. He blinds himself, but then he, you see him outside walking about, don't you? And she's no. sat there. No, oh, I can't remember this. I thought I did. I have to go back and watch a lobster. I have to go back and watch lobster. Yep. A better film than Dead Don't Die. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but fuck, fuck Dead Don't Die. Then I go watch lobster. Go, I want to say, out of all the films we're talking about on this list of eps- in this episode today, The Dead Don't Die is the best. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's better than yesterday. It's better than Lion King. It's better than Toy Story 4, which I've not seen, but I can tell you it's better than Toy Story 4. And yeah, but you don't know that. It's in competition with Midsummer. Well, let's do that. Let's do Midsummer next. But would, uh, I guess, yes, I would 100% recommend The Dead Don't Die. If, when you can, watch that. You, no, 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 no. You're not allowed to 100% recommend something. That's too close to a point system. Because okay. then you have don't recommend. I would recommend. 63% recommend. <laughs> yeah, you okay. recommend, don't recommend, and 100% recommend. Okay, that I, gives you three points. Okay. You might as well, at that point, Gav, just do a three-star system. Okay, I recommend <laughs> the dead don't die. <laughs> yeah, fucking shout at useless, awful, evil bastards. Oh, yes. Um, right. So, yes, go watch the dead don't die. Midsummer. Midsummer. Before we even say anything about Midsummer, can we just give a wonderful shout out to Gary's mum, who I had a wonderful conversation with at his birthday party about she Midsummer, and yeah. she loves Midsummer. She was going to come today. She apologised. She, she was up for talking. She but. she she's welcome anytime. I know she's currently driving somewhere, listening to this. So shout out to Gary's mum. Hey mum, I am. We love you. We not, love you. Uh, uh, and so Midsummer is, I think the I hate you so much. You better fucking cut it. Midsummer. Uh, Midsummer has been the film that I've noticed has been the biggest split in in yeah. my, my monkey sphere. Oh, good. We're back to that. You're using it wrong. I'm not using it wrong. Yes, you are. That's because he's not put a biscuit on the ground yet. <laughs> your circle th- of influence. Haven't recorded yeah, in three weeks, for. still making the same jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my monkey's fears. Yeah, my circle of influ- influenza. And uh, I've had a lot of people that say they like, loved it. And then I enjoyed it. I wouldn't have said I loved it. I, I really enjoyed it. And then I've got a lot of people that went... What was the fucking point of that? That was two hours. I'm never getting back. I mean, today nah. I was chatting with someone. Like, oh, have you seen Midsummer? I was like, yeah. I was like, what do you think? I, like, I personally, this being Gavin, said, oh yeah, I loved it. And they were just like, yeah, I, just, I didn't get, didn't work for me. I didn't enjoy it. It's like I can see they were like, I see elements of what it was doing, and I kind of liked it. But overall, it just didn't really feel like it achieved it. And for me personally, I feel the opposite. I feel, mm-hmm. I feel it was, yes, it's predictable. Because it kind of follows the kind of style of like your Wicker Man's and stuff yeah. like that, but I feel that the focus on a self-destructive relationship 
in fact, not even a self-destruction, a relationship that has fallen apart and ended, yeah. is handled so well yeah, yeah, yeah. within the context of this eerie, ever kind of growing atmospheric cult scenario that they're kind Cause of that's Because that's what it does incredibly well. Yeah. It does atmosphere The music perfectly. is so integral to this movie. Yeah. And... And as like the way the music builds with the tension and the kind of drama that's happening on the screen, that movie just kind of like sweep, sweeps you up at moments and just kind of gets you in the swirl of like madness and yeah. hysteria. And the ending of the film with just like the, the wailing of the woman while the music's playing and the horrendous uh, kind of graphic scenes that you're looking at of people spliced up and and burned alive and stuff. It's just like it's almost kind of like watching a scene from a biblical movie. It's yeah, it's just amazing. At it's a, it's a, it's maddening, but it's it, maddening in in the best way because that's what, that's what it it wants you to be. Yeah. <laughs> like it wants you to go feel like you're going mad with the main character. Yeah, and I th- I feel, uh, if you've ever taken psychedelic drugs, this movie represents what it's like to take psychedelic drugs better than I've seen any other movie recently because it's so subtle. Yeah. It's I I didn't notice it was doing it until I think maybe an hour and a half. Like a wee eye thing, or like a mouth, or just something in the background, kind of like, or just like she'll walk past a face, and then that person's face will be slightly wider, and you're like, what? And then it comes back to it, and it's fine, and you go, oh, what the? Like, (laughs) am I tripping? Also, the performances of the actors in those moments as well. Like they just kind of nail that. Like that first time when they get to the kind of outskirts of the the village and they're like oh let's take a hit of this thing and then it just cuts Shrooms. them just all sitting on the hillside yeah and yeah, they've yeah. all got those different kind of reactions of just like everyone lie down like please i need you all to lie down she's like i'm gonna walk <laughs> you had away. the one freaking out you had the yeah. one owning it you had the one enjoying themselves yeah it was good um which was another kind of added element i feel is like because you, you take the, the, the kind of top layer of the this relationship that's fully decimated and then you take that the aspect of the drugs and how that plays a part and then you take the aspect of the cult and how that kind of draws into it and then you take the aspect of just the kind of body horror stuff like when the two people jump off the cliff mm-hmm. just oh get, kind of <sighs> makes your whole body crumple up i feel just all those circles just kind of blend into one circle by the end of this and it's just mind-blowingly upsetting and wonderful at the same yeah. time it it I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's a lot of people go and see films because they want to feel a certain way. And when a film, when it's not like an easy horror, yeah, which I think a lot of people went to see Midsummer due to the trailers and they thought they were going to get a jump frighty, scary. Plus, they were <laughs> probably working off of Ari Aster's previous film, Hereditary, which yeah. is a. It's not a standard horror, but it has the. It's more. It's more it has, of a horror film than Midsummer. It has the structure and the pacing of a kind of horror film, whereas Midsummer's very slow and very deliberate and doesn't and it's all set during the day for yeah. the most part and it's just well there's it's, no night there's like scenes like kind of dark rooms and stuff like that when you like the room where the guy goes to the bible room yeah, and stuff yeah. like that but no but i you, like the whole plot point of yeah they're in the icelandic summer which is a kind of a, a great move to go for i'm going to shoot my entire kind of thriller horror in the sunlight in the sun deal with that yeah um and yeah, great great performances all around. I I didn't quite like uh, what's his face with the eyebrows. Yeah. Will Poulter. Will yeah, Poulter. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Will Poulter was. I know what they're going with with that character. He was supposed to be the kind of douchey bro character. Yeah. But I feel like he was poorly cast for that because yeah, Will yeah. Poulter 
isn't really that kind of person. Yeah. Like if you look at Will Porter can play an antagonist and an aggressor. If you look at him in uh, Detroit, mm-hmm. he's amazing as a kind of antagonistic aggressor. But in this, him as a kind of douchey arsehole, he didn't really play off very well. Yeah. But his comeuppance, that scene where like the, I mean, I guess just spoilers for Midsummer. Aha! <laughs> when the guy's in the room looking at the Bible, yeah. and then he. he he thinks it's what I think a character name is David. He walks and says, Hey, Dave, what are you doing here? And it's just a guy wearing, wearing his face. Skin. I was like, Oh, fuck, that's unsettling. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely, whoo, excuse me, just burping right down the mic. Um, that's hot. It, uh, it, it's definitely a film that is one of those, you watch it again, watch it again. And I guarantee there's so much in that movie that just, because yeah. the, the two things that I picked up on, well, the, the first one that's very obvious is at the beginning when you've got that big, uh, painting. Yeah. A, a Mural, kind of, I yeah, guess. Yeah, the kind of tapestry. Tapestry, that's the word. Kind of... And I'm sure I I tried taking in as much as I could and remembering it, but Same. I'm sure if I rewatched it, that is, I guarantee, telling the entire film yep. ahead of time. And when the kids are running around, they're like, what are the kids playing? Who Will Porter, I'm sure, asks. And the, the native guy who's their friend says, oh, they're playing Skin the Fool. And he's like, oh, God, that's gruesome. And then he obviously gets skinned because he is the fool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that film's going to have everything spelled out so far in advance, but you don't get it that first time. The whole pie thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so just a lovely awful. little love story we have going on here. That guy like, was so pleasant in the most sinister so, way. So cool, right? The, the one thing I wasn't, I didn't quite get, and the one thing I'm interested in, and I guess it's just one of those, you, you sweep it away. Because it's a film and don't fucking worry. It's not that big a deal. But what if, because he didn't invite her. The boyfriend was yeah, like. Yeah, that's one of those things of like, your entire plan was. But then the thought I had was, did he and his cult play a part in their family dying? Was it kind of a that an influencer he was? You think? Yeah, like they killed the family so that I would push push her closer to him, and be, by being closer to him, he could then get his claws into her and be like, "Come this way with us to this yeah. weird holiday thing." I mean, maybe, but that seems like a whole lot of extra steps. Though it was the the daughter, the daughter. but was it though? Her sister. We never saw her do it. We just saw the aftermath. True. That fucking scene at the big like as yeah. far as an opening to a movie goes. That's the thing I've been most excited to talk about is I think the first twenty minutes of this film is definitely the strongest. Ari Aster just like show, he's like, "Hey, I'm a fucking filmmaker, and look yeah. what I can do." Because just the, that whole opening kind of run for the film and the way it's shot and the performance from the lead actress is just her wailing, sh- yeah, down the phone. And then wailing while she's in his arms. I don't know what it is. That's now two Ari Aster films we've we've had a woman just wailing uncontrollably, and it's so uh, three. What's the other one? Mother. Oh yeah, mother. That's the Jennifer that's Lawrence. Darren Aronofsky. That was Aronofsky. Apologies, it was Aronofsky. So yeah, so hereditary. <laughs> say, Jennifer Lawrence wailed a lot in that movie. <laughs> she didn't act a lot either, though. I liked Mother. Well, someone had to. And the fact no mother was all right. It's just, it was just, it was just, it was so in your face. With I was like, we get it, calm down. But yeah, but with Hereditary and Midsummer, he's now had two scenes of just wailing women, and yeah. it just, it just does something like kind of cuts into your soul and just makes you like upset and uncomfortable. <laughs> it was you that said the other day, wasn't it? What, what is Ari Aster whispering to these women that 
the, yeah. incites that. He's like, I want you to imagine. I'm like, what? What do you? Hey guys, guys, can I have five minutes with a uh, Tony Collette? Thanks, thanks. It's <laughs> 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 <Just> like, oh, <laughs> Ari, what did you say? Never ask me that question. Just, just go with it. Just, just accept that it's working. I think it's he goes up to her and says, "I want you to express to us how it feels to be a woman living in this world." <laughs> that's probably not wrong. Yeah, that's that's genuinely. that's depressing in its own way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, right. So I mean, overall, Midsummer. I so yeah. So just but to, I can't understand. Yeah, or, it's like I can't understand why people may have a problem with enjoying, film. Yeah, it's very slow and like yeah, like I said, it kind of it goes its way and it's not the most surprising film at times, yeah. you kind of know where it's going to go. So I can see for a lot of people, and it's so, so depressing. Like, yeah. this film beats you down from the very opening scene yeah. until the very, it never lets up, and that atmosphere never goes away, and it just, just churns you up into so this kind of mulch. It's a hard film to, if you go in with the wrong expectations, it you ain't going to have a good time. Yeah. You're going to have a bad time. And then bringing back our new favourite segment of the general public just being worthless. Uh, coming out of that film, I was your your home of cinema, Silverburn. I'm just hey, coming out. Hey, hey, beloved listeners. We just <laughs> want to take this moment to say that we don't think you're worthless as long as you agree with us about films. No, as, as long as you're a, a decent person in the cinema. If you're not a decent person, if you can't shut your mouth and just watch something and have an open mind about it, you're a worthless person to me. Because these two guys, I walk out of Midsummer and then I'm walking towards the, the bathroom to relieve my bladder yeah. of the Mountain Dew that was within it. Oh, and this other guys, those two two guys are walking in front of me and he goes, Kev, I'm just going to jump in here and hang myself because Jesus Christ, that was fucking depressing. He's like, yeah, that's probably the shittest film I've ever seen. Why did we sit through that? And I'm just like, well, guys, great outlook there. <laughs> so glad you're part of that movie watching experience. Totally. Nah, totally. I, I mean, you know I agree with you because was that a ghost story a couple of years back was yeah. my, my oh my God, this film is literally one of my all-time favourite films. And then the amount of people that went, oh, it was a bit shit though, wouldn't it? It's like, what? no. What? No. It's what, fucking, what did you watch? <laughs> it was a transcendent experience watching that movie. Fucking, To yeah. go from a woman eating a pie to the entire cosmos of life <laughs> and death. It's like, wow. <laughs> what a fucking journey. Um, so... I overall, Midsummer for me was a good, a solid nine. Uh, nine always seems so high. Nine, nine, I'm sticking with it. Okay. Ten being a perfect movie, but yeah, I'm going to go for a nine. What about you, Gav? I ab- I absolutely recommend Midsummer. That's one more adjective that okay. you're allowed. I recommend Midsummer. <laughs> Please go watch Midsummer. I think it's, it's still currently in cinemas. I think but it is, By yeah. the release of this, you should be able to go see it. I think it is. So, yeah. Audio boy shaking his head, but you know. If you've not seen it, make the opportunity to see it. Yeah, it's try and find it. the time. It's better than Hereditary, in my opinion. So what's next? What are we doing Toy next? Story 4. Toy Story 4. Which I have not seen, so this is a Gary Audio Boy. Me and you, Audio Boy. Why is that, Gavin? Oh, that's a good point, actually. I did not see Toy Story 4 because I just didn't have the care to see it. Uh, I didn't enjoy Toy Story 2. I did not enjoy Toy Story 3. I saw the trailers for Toy Story 4 and I went, oh, it's more of Toy Story 2 and 3. How can you not enjoy Toy Story 3? With great ease. Toy, nah, Toy Story 2, I, my rating system now, I think, I don't know rating, but Toy Story 1, great. Toy Story 2 is good. Toy Story 3 is great. And then Toy Story 4 is great as well. I just didn't care, though. Like, I, 
I just, I knew, oh, for me, I just felt it wasn't going to give me anything that was going to change my mind or make me have a wonderful experience. I was kind of like, oh, it's just more Pixar. I'm so sick of Pixar, by the way. Good God. Like, I watched Moana recently. It's a good film. But it's so just middle. That's it's, not Pixar. Hey, is, is Moana not Pixar? It's just Disney. Then Disney animation in general. Disney and Pixar. It's, like, it's so just middle. Nah, Moana's so fucking great. Middle. Soulless bastard. It's so not great, Moana though. is great. It's so not great, though. How is it not great? I mean, visually, wonderful to look at. Soundtrack's great. It's a little off after that fucking Dwayne the Rock Johnson song one more time. What can I say? Except you're welcome. God, it's, he can't sing. And I just that say, song's great. It's good. I just yeah. So with Toy Story Four, I was just like, I just didn't have the care to see it. So I didn't. And now you two can talk about why. You it's funny it. though because I think I think of all of them, this would probably be the film that you would you would you would have you would have had uh, some some real feels with, man. Yeah, like the group gangbang scene and all those things. Like, yeah, I think you would have got a kick out of it. What? Because I'm the cuck and I'd be the one getting gangbanged. <laughs> That's not how that works. Cucks, cucks, this this cucks might surprise you, Gary. Gang-bangs. I don't know how gangbangs work. <laughs> <laughs> Never been a part of. Well, them. you would if you watched Toy Story Four. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I genuinely though, I I I loved it. It's a film. You're right. It's the same characters that they've had three films of now. And what's great about this one is that they've, I think they've come out and said, haven't they, this was the swan song. This was the goodbye to yep. this batch of characters. Um, mm-hmm. So rather than setting up for the next one or or making time for, oh, right, where are the gang going to go next? They make a very clear, very early on, I think, that this is a film about um, goodbyes. goodbyes and and accepting that, the past is the past. The past is the past, and you can't just and you, move you, can't, on. you can't just hold on to it, but just because it's all you've known, you have to be open to to, to new things. Um, but what Disney and Pixar didn't know is I said goodbye a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, pal? Oh, that was just about Toy Story. Like I've said goodbye <laughs> to Toy Story a long time ago. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, yeah, but overall, I thought it was a, I thought it was good. I thought it was a really nice, heartfelt. Um, just a solid film. Like it's just it, it. Although you may be sick of it, it is. It's Disney Pixar doing yeah. what Disney Pixar it does. Felt at its like best. they were trying. They're really trying to do something different. Yeah. While still keeping the whole while, Toy Story type thing. It's it, it's funny. They were trying to do something different while in full agreement with you, Gavin, doing the exact same Playing thing the that nostalgia. they have done for the fourth time. Ah, but it's yeah. But it, just because it's the same characters, it's that's what I feel like you know what I mean like this film doesn't have any Woody lost... goes through a lot of change in this movie Woody goes through a lot of change Oof. in this movie good god I have yeah. nothing to say I was going to make a joke but I was like I, I could see I and could see you were going to say something your favourite person on the planet um, Sporky what was it Sporky Sporky even though he is a spork he's a spork he's Just trash that whole... yeah. I'm trash <laughs> you're trash Woody and Woody's like no I'm not trash I'm a toy trash trash <laughs> Great, it's some solid. You can see why you like him so much, Audio Boy. Because deep some down, we are all trash. Solidly good humor in it, um, and yeah, some nice moments. Even the even the villain yeah. of it, who who, you know, as always, not as always actually, because was the villain. Al- yeah, I all got really emotional when her sort of like thing. She, she's out. a she's not a villain. She's a. Oh, I was gonna say, was it? She's the, another misunderstood. Yeah, oh, villain type. God, what a shocker! We've never had that before in Toy Story. No, we actually haven't. We can. No, you don't. no we have. Have we? we? Have. Well, the second yeah. and the third movie are yes. misunderstood toys who were misused and abandoned, yes. and then they became evil. 
No. Yeah. Al was never. No. Al. Al was the he villain. Was, in the he was not one. a toy. Oh, and then uh, you mean Stinky the prospector? Pete. Yes. He wasn't misused. He wanted to stay in his box he forever. He was mint condition, guys. Mm-hmm. He was a mint condition toy who thought that all toys should be kept mint condition. That's kind of the but example. Where did that come from? Yeah. I can't remember. The whole idea, the whole mindset of a toy has fucked him up because he was treated... He, yeah, he was like, ugh, Stinky Pete. Whereas like Woody was like the... Everyone loved Woody and he got left on the sidelines and he was... Yeah, and then the fucking teddy he bear. He never got played with. And then the te- yeah, exactly. that's, that's what same, that's the same thing in three and four. And then the three, the fucking teddy bear got abandoned by the never some, got played with. And then what's her name? The the female cowboy character from the second one. Jessie. Like she Jessie. got abandoned by hers and it fucked her up. She's not a bad guy though. If you, if your entire life was to be played with by kids and they just kept fucking outgrowing you and abandoning you and you're an immortal sentient being, that's gonna fuck you up. I just realised that Woody and Jimmy Savile have a lot in common. How? Their dream to be played by with kids. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that'll make it in. Uh, all right, fine. The villains are very similar. Regardless, villain in number four is a... I still empathised. Is it yeah, not empath- the ventriloquist empath- doll that I saw in the trailers? No, they're, they're the goons. They're the, yeah. oh. It's Gabby Gabby. She's like a classic. Lay it on its back and the eyes close. And when she wakes up, you can be best friends forever. Yeah. And then she wants Woody's voice box because... She lost her voice box. Lost her voice box. is damaged. She won't get played with. And then she's actually just an old as fuck toy. Nobody wants to play with her. When she finds yeah. that out, she just fucking breaks. Yeah. Like, her whole character just shuts down. She spends 20 minutes of the film just moping and being depressed. And then Woody realizes, oh, fuck, I've been spending all this time trying to... Get back to my kid when I should be helping other toys learn that it's okay to not be loved. And then, yeah, a lot of growth. It's good. It's a good film. I give it a, I give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, sounds about right. And when I inevitably see it in two to three years from now, and go back and everything I said about not wanting to watch it, I'll probably think it's fine. But just now, <laughs> I, I had other things in life to get on with, and Toy Story Four just wasn't one of them. Yeah. But I, the only other thing I don't get about that is it's like the last one came out 10? No. It came out in 2008. Oh, fuck. No, not 2008, sorry. 2014. I thought, you were, I, I thought you were about to say the sentence, God, I'm old, and you were never allowed to say that 2014, sentence. 2014? 13? 2010. Because I, I watched it on TV. It was the first time it was on TV, and it was the week before I moved to uni. 10. Nine years yeah. ago. Jesus so Christ. In, I, I, this is where I'm like, I would agree with you if it was like, oh, Toy Story 94. Remember, guys, one Toy Story film a year. I'd be like, yeah, Gav, it's played out and I'm fucking fed up with it. But I mean, for context, the first Toy Story was 95. 95, then it was 97. Then it was 99. 99. Then it was 2010. Then it was 2019. I mean, that's enough space between those films for but me Much to more go. interestingly, Toy Soldiers came out in 91. That's a fun film. Toy Soldiers? Small Soldiers? Toy Soldiers. Which one's Toy Soldiers? Sean Astin. Okay. And Kirsten Dunst. No, that's small soldiers. Yeah, you're thinking of small soldiers. I'm talking about toy soldiers. We're talking about small soldiers with the Gorgonites. Yeah, the ones that come to life with the microchips. Yeah. Yeah. What are you talking <laughs> what about? What is your name? What's toy soldiers. Toy soldiers are just based upon the. Oh, hold on. Andy, what about it? Nice to meet you, Andy. What about it? <laughs> yeah. What were the Gorgonites' names? Archer. There was the Ice Stalk one. There was the Insane one. There was the. One that had the big clobber in hand, like a rhino. And he had like, oh, there was a little bouncy one. 
that went with the Raider one because they, oh man, fucking small. Can we do an episode about small soldiers? That's a fucking can. great we movie. Absolutely can. I used to have a, do you remember the wee, the spinny blue one? Oh, the, yeah, the crazy one. The I one had, that was clearly riffing off of a, <laughs> Aladdin's genie with his. a toy of that that I uh, stole from my friend. You stole from your friend? Some friend you are. Well, he'd actually taken quite a number of my toys. And I was oh, like, okay. well, I'm having fucking, I'm fucking having that people back. on blast here. What was his name? I won't say names. You have to. I was going to say the statute of limitations has passed by now, but still, I won't say names. <laughs> That's still my toy, motherfucker. Um, so, last on the list. Last on the list. And prob- I haven't seen this Probably one. bottom of the list in terms of quality is The Lion King. The one person that would have stood up for this film in the room probably, I haven't seen probably it. Probably you would be the one. <laughs> in fact, seeing that, I'll stand up for it. Well, you yeah. know what? I'll play devil's advocate. Go this. for it. Yeah, I mean, someone has to when I'm around. <laughs> otherwise, it's just going to be a really unpleasant experience. So, so how yes. was the Lion King two? No, Lion it King was one. Amazing. No, Lion the, King one, the reboot. Not the. How was it that John Favreau described it? The, not live action remake, but like realistic animated remake of the Lion King, is much like the rest of these live-action remakes of old Disney movies, completely pointless. It rips the movie of all of the magic, colour, joy, beautiful animation, and heart that made the first Lion King so synonymous with so many people's childhoods. I was someone who watched The Lion King back-to-back, alongside Toy Story. Those were two. Mm-hmm. I would watch Toy Story and The Lion King back-to-fucking-back. The whole Mufasa dad stuff played real strong in my household. <laughs> Not because my father passed away, but he just left. He ran away. But it's still, you know, that Mufasa stuff. When it comes to this live action remake and it was getting to that moment, I was like, okay, I was I was getting ready for the goosebumps. The music was going to kick in. He was going to say the, lo- the line, long live the king. I was getting so amped for it. And like every single scene in this movie, the scene comes along. It rushes through it. There is no drama. There is no tension. There is no mm. colour. There is no magic. There is no joy. There is nothing. It's just scene. Done. Move on. So bad, this movie. The line delivery, so awful. How you go from, like, I've forgotten his name, but the original Scar. Jeffrey. Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons. The way Jeremy Irons. Philip del- Ironside. Close enough. Delivers. Detective Ironside. The line. Long Live the King is one of the greatest line deliveries in movie history. Long Live the King. And then <laughs> and then the music and the animation it's and a the fucking good line. And the fucking rap zoom onto fucking Simba's face and he screams no. It breaks everyone's heart. In this movie, it's like Long Live the King. Push. Done. Anyway, move on. It's just Oh, it's so frustratingly dull. The the scene with Scar where he says, uh, uh, ugh, I can't remember anything today. It's so frustrating. His uh, big musical number in the animated film. Be prepared. Be prepared. In the animated film, it's just wonderful to look at. It's a fucking, with the Gestapo step in hyenas. Yeah, the Gestapo step. It's a fucking hyenas, great scene. The, the, the use of the green colours and that, the rocks kind of bursting out of the ground, yeah. the lava, everything. Ooh. In this, Ooh. what does Scar do? He kind of 
gives it, makes an effort to sing the song while just jumping up some rocks and hyenas just watch him as he just jumps higher and higher until he's just crested by the moonlight. This is a problem that's it. that I had with Aladdin. Yes. It's and it's so much it, worse than this. Yeah, taking these animated movies that have that do have joy, colour and, and and a splash of magic, even in The Lion King, which doesn't have any magic. Well, like spirit magic, I guess. Yeah. Taking that from an animated format to the live action format, they're not bringing the wonder with them. It's like they're they're struggling to find ways to make it pop on screen because they're but, wanting to make it look so realistic. I mean, even if you take away the problems of the film not having any colour or style to it, the movement of the camera is an easy thing to do, especially yeah. for these days with the technology that's on hand. And the perfect scene that stands out to me is the moment when Simba's in the gorge and all the buffalo are piling over the side. In the animated film, there's this gorgeous rack zoom. It flies down and it just goes straight up yeah. to Simba's face. And it's just, and it, you see his face, which, He's by the terrified. way, has expression on it. Yeah, There's no expression on any of the lines in this fucking room. Like, Simba uh, trots over to his dead father and goes, Dad? And it's just this blank face. There's mm. no emotion on it. But yeah, like so the camera just racks them right up to him and the music swirls. Which is and, strange. And in this live action film, it's here's the buffalo cut Simba's face. Yeah. It's just like it completely removes all of the drama from the Because I'm trying scene. to remember Jungle Book did a pretty good job of making the like giving the animals facial yeah. expression. Like, like right? um with uh, Beluga and stuff and there was kind of the Beluga. Baloo? Baloo. Beluga's a type of whale. I don't know. See, Beluga whales. Oh fuck! The the blue. The name of this episode is going to be Gavin. Can't remember anyone's fucking name. I'll name every character from Jungle Book. Okay, name the tiger. Shere Khan. Shere Khan, full of emotion in the Jungle Book. Are you Book. thinking Bagheera? That's pretty. Right. I think you kind of got stuck between Baloo and Bagheera. That's very awkward, isn't it? Beluga. But yeah, there was. <laughs> I mean, even in Andy Serkis's uh, interpretation of Jungle King Book, King Louis, there was there was there was full of emotion and depth within those faces but in this movie there's absolutely nothing it's just these Car. flat emotionless faces you know who's the main character in this reboot of the lion king simba zazu what zazu is the main character fucking john oliver because beyonce's in this movie right mm-hmm. donald glover's in this movie all these big people and they have what three lines yeah like donald glover and beyonce they're not in the movie wait who does donald glover play he Old, plays older like, simba, older simba. Here's the thing about this How film. does he not have more? Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, this, this is the no thing about this movie. Is it truncates everything so yeah. that it's so like fast and short and it doesn't take any time to exist within the moments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say the only thing that draws on too long is the stuff in the jungle with Timon and Pumbaa. I just felt like it just went on for a wee bit. <laughs> on for ages. But apart from that, everything else is just boom, boom, How boom, many of the boom, songs boom. did they bring across? They bring all of them? Uh, you've got your primary ones there. Like so, right, so wait, uh, starting off with The Circle of Life, mm-hmm. yeah, which I, I know is in there. I Just Can't Wait to Be King, yep. Yep. that's in there. Yep. Then Hakuna Matata, no, then Be Prepared. Be Prepared's mm-hmm. in there. Hakuna Matata that's has there. to be in there. Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Mm-hmm. Yes, but it's so like... Yeah, they change a lot of the words and the verses and things. And it happens like so quickly that it doesn't yeah. even have any impact. Yeah. And then I think that's it. And then there's... So the the new songs Beyonce recorded a song for it and that appears in the film as well. Right, okay. But it's such a nothing that song. That bit where Simba's going back to the Pride Lands. Yeah, right. He's like running and it's supposed to be all like intense. Like, Here he goes, he's going back. And it, the Beyonce song comes in and it's it. just like, ugh. 
So all of the songs are there plus Beyonce. Yeah. Hmm. Like what they did with Aladdin. Why did they not get Donald Glover to do a song? He did. He did part of Hakuna Matata halfway through it. Does he does he rap? No, he sings. Oh. The man can sing, like nobody's business. No, I know he can do sing. You know who can't sing? Seth Rogen can't sing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, mm. I, need, I, I mean, I'm gonna try I would, and catch I would it say the weekend. dynamic between Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen was quite funny. Oh, yeah. To Mon Puma. They were great. They got a couple of laughs. Put mm. Billy Eichner in anything. He's fantastic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's a. The improvised... That's who did it. No, was that who did it originally? No, it was Nathan Lane. Right, okay. Uh, I think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen improvised some stuff, and some of that stayed in, and it was quite funny. Mm. That's probably the only bit of the film. It's like, hey, that's kind of... That was nice. Nice for them to do something different. Voice cast-wise... It's all just John Oliver. That's the only person of note. John Oliver is in... He's in the whole movie. He talks so much, and it's just nothing he's saying. James Earl Jones apparently showed up for the paycheck and nothing else, (laughs) because good God, he doesn't deliver any of those lines with any gravitas. I loved Chebotel Edgy for he there was the possibility he could have been an interesting yeah. uh, scar, but apparently the delivery that the the direction that he was given was just be as plain as possible. <laughs> like I said, when he says "Long live the king," let's say he goes "Long live the king," like that's, just, that's <laughs> it. It's just so nothing. Long live the king. And uh, yeah, Beyonce and Donald Glover are there, but you wouldn't even mm. notice really. It's like. And I'm going to go see it this week, and I'll very briefly, next time we record, give my give my two cents on it. And I, I don't know. I mean the 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 fact that they managed to like create these animals and stuff. Mm. I mean, I mean they weren't that like full of expression, but they did like look. I mean, fantastic. from a technology standpoint, it is impressive. There were a couple of moments like where you were close up and you could see into their eyes and you could see the reflection in the eyes and stuff. Yeah, like, it's crazy. That's impressive, but. Why would you do it for a Lion King movie? Yeah. Take a movie that's just full of scale and colour and excitement. Mm. Like like the scene I just can't wait for to be king and it's like all these animals piling on top and unfolding their arms and their wings and it's beautiful. And in this, he just runs around a fucking lake. Oh, is he not yeah, is he not kinda of going to that weird abstract nope. like on it's the just, top? He of just the runs around the lake and a bunch of animals just gonna move out of the way of him. Uh. And that's it. It's like it's the same with like Aladdin. Like we talked about that scene with uh, the wonder. When uh, he shows up, King Ali was King Ali. Yeah, the stupid song is Prince Ali. Prince Ali. Like when you watch it animated, it's brilliantly shot and it's scale and the blocking. And then you watch it in this, it's just flat, plain, and very little color. It's kind of like, why? Why are we doing these live action remakes? We're not even going to do something inventive with them. Yeah, yeah. I think they're churning them out too quickly. I think that's the the problem that we've got at the moment. Is it rather than? I mean, yeah. This year we've had Dumbo, Aladdin, and Lion King. And we're gonna is Mulan end of the year or is Mulan next Mulan's year? Next year. And the trailer for that, once again, devoid of all colour, flat and emotional. We've got another Maleficent movie coming out this year, I and believe. Got, I never thought But it's still like, why would do Oh, well, I know why they're doing it, because they continue to make fuck tons of money. money. Yeah, totally. But they're so off like I haven't talked to anyone yet who's like majorly enthusiastic about that Lion King movie. Yeah. Everyone's been like like I, I and I, I with Aladdin, I had people, me included, were like, "No, Aladdin was good. Like, it has its issues, but it was a fun, enjoyable 
done well, except and then obviously also Pete the Lady Wenzel's. and the Tramps coming out this year. God, that looks so fucking horrendous. what? I didn't even know they were doing a Lady and the Tramps. Yeah, but then with the lad and you people, there's a lot of people also going nap shit. Don't know why they did that, but I'm with you actually. I haven't actually seen many people saying, "Oh my god, Lion King was phenomenal." I'm so excited. You know, I'm so happy that I've seen that. I mean, because normally it blows up like. But I was saying to my friend today, she's like, oh, what did you like about Lion King? And she said, the only thing she could remember enjoying was that Baby Pumbaa and Baby Simba looked cute. And I was like, anything else? She said, nope. Baby Pumbaa? There's yeah, a little Baby Pumbaa is, is, is adorable. Yeah, you see a little Baby Pumbaa. It's kind of like, here's why. When I was a young one. Oh, ah! during that scene. And it's just like, it's like, oh, they were cute. To look at that, she kind of odd when watching a movie. That's it. Oh. Couldn't think of anything like all the stuff. She was so excited for the song. She was ready to sing along and dance, and she she fell asleep. Goddamn, it's bad, bad times. Yeah. Right on that sad films a dying note. Oh well, yeah, for for just wrap up the dead don't die in midsummer. Go watch the rest. Meh. Kind of meh, yeah. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. We're, we'll see how it goes. We're going to do some more stupid ones. We're going to do a Tarantino one at some point because his new movie's coming small out Small Soldiers one. We're going to do a Small Soldiers one. We'll, we'll get probably to... wrap Small Soldiers up with like another couple of films, maybe, just because I feel like... Although I want to talk about Small Soldiers now, I don't know if there's a full episode <laughs> in it. Oh, we can... You know what we're like. We can make something <laughs> out of nothing. We and we'll do, do The Matrix at some point. We will. Um, but yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on Facebook at the Meandering Movie Podcast Facebook page. You can get us on Twitter at Meandering Pod. Yes. <laughs> Big pause, because I, as I remembered if that was correct. Uh, you can get us on Instagram at the Meandering Movie Podcast. And email us. Email us. Meanderingmoviepodcast at gmail.com and jump over to iTunes or SoundCloud. Leave a wee review. Leave a, leave a wee review. Commentary on... Uh, also, uh, give us some topic ideas of things you'd like to hear us talk about. Yeah, more than anything, do that. Do Give us a topic idea. I want to know what you guys want us to talk about because um, we'll just continue churning these out and talking gubbins and, forever. Yeah, and we'll, we'll say your name and everything. Wouldn't that be exciting? Wouldn't that be exciting? Audio Boyle, make you a stir fry. <laughs> uh, as always, though, plug in myself. You can find me on Twitch. If you just search for at Pixels Cafe, you'll be able to find me. And, um... You know, just watch me do stuff on Twitch. I've now been in the room where you record your Twitch stuff. Did it feel magical? I mean, I only just realised there. I didn't notice it at the time, so not really. <laughs> it was a little <laughs> overwhelming. Brody <laughs> White was, because he was six or seven dark fruits in at that point. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Have a great one. Bye.